a new series today called Growing Strong in Spirit. And the text verse that we want to use to open up this series is in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, beginning at verse 30 through to 32. Scripture says, Then he said, To what shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what parable shall we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground, is smaller than all the seeds on earth. But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest under its shade. So this is a picture that our Lord describes of the kingdom of God. Now when our Lord was on the earth, um, at one time they asked him, when will the kingdom of God appear? Our Lord responded that the kingdom of God will not come with observation. Uh, he said, because the kingdom of God is within you. That's in Luke's Gospel, chapter 17. And so, what our Lord Jesus Christ is um, describing to us is just what the kingdom of God is that he referred to that would be within us. Um, and he likened it to a seed that is sown in the soil and then grows up and becomes a large tree, which is able to then be a blessing unto the, the nature around it. And so we're born again, also in seed form. The kingdom of God that, uh, that we partake of when we come into the kingdom is um, it born, we're born in, in this, into this kingdom in seed form. 1 Peter, 2, uh, 1 Peter 1, 23 says, we're born again of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. And so it is God's intention that all of us, because um, we, we all start out in this kingdom in seed form, and it's God's intention that all of His children grow from that point to become the large trees that can then be used of Him to bless others. And so it is in our spirits that we're born again. Um, one of the major differences between the saints under the new covenant and the saints under the old is that we can be born again. The saints under the old covenant could not be born again. They could believe, the Bible teaches us, that when they believed it was accounted to them for righteousness, Romans 4, 5. But they couldn't be born again um, spiritually when they uh, believed in, in the Lord. Because, you know, Christ had not yet died for them, so they, they couldn't meet the requirements in order for their spirits to be born again. But under the new covenant, when we are, when we believe, it's a major difference between the saints under the new and the old. Because the saints under the new covenant are able to be born again. And it's um, through the new, the new birth that we have potential to become as Christ was. Well, as Christ is, I suppose you can also say, but I'm, I'm referring mainly to the way that our Lord walked on the earth um, before He went to the cross, because that's the potential that the Christian has. We have that potential. The Bible teaches us in uh, John's epistle that he who abides in Him ought himself to walk even as He walked. Now, the reason that we can do that is because our spirits are born again. And so our Lord also made a comment about that. He, he, he because you know, doing the comparative between the new covenant saints and the old covenant saints, um, our Lord made this comment about John the Baptist. He said that of those born of women, there was not one greater than John the Baptist. And then I went, our Lord went on to say, but nevertheless, he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. And so when our Lord was um, 
doing a comparative and speaking about John. John, he was comparing John the Baptist against all of the Lord's saints that had lived prior to John. And for our Lord said that of those born of women, there's not one greater than John the Baptist. And so our Lord was comparing John the Baptist to Moses, to David, to Samuel, to Daniel, all of the, uh, the great Old Testament men of God. And Jesus said of, of John that he was greater than them all. But then our Lord goes on to say that, but nevertheless, he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. So our Lord is just trying to bring across to us the, the principle of the fact that the saint under the new covenant, because every single believer in Christ is in the kingdom of heaven. We are born into the kingdom of heaven. We become citizens of heaven, the Bible teaches us. This. And so our Lord was trying to tell us through that discourse, when he, he spoke about that um, uh, to the, I think it was the, the Pharisees who were uh, debating with him at the time, but um, it's in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 11, uh, that our Lord speaks about this incident. So our Lord was right, trying to bring across to us the concept of the potential that is available to the saints of the, under the new, because again, just Put, put it into perspective as to what our Lord actually taught. He said, of the saints under the Old Covenant, John was the greatest. Again, comparing him to all of the saints under the Old Covenant. And then our Lord said, but he who is least, not the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, he said, he's, he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. And so our Lord is, is, is showing to his saints under the New Covenant the potential that is available to us because again, do a comparative. Um, you know, we look at the, the, the lives of the saints under the Old Covenant, we look at great men of God, um, we look at Moses, we look at David, we look at Samuel, we look at Daniel, and we look at John the Baptist. And our Lord says to us, Saint, because you're in the kingdom of heaven, you have the ability to be greater than they were. Now, it doesn't mean that we will be greater than them going throughout all eternity. He's just talking about the fact that we have the ability within us, the potential within us, to walk in a greater degree of um, righteousness, of anointing, of love, of all, everything, basically, than those Old Testament saints did. Now, why is that? Because we abide in Christ. And... It is no longer we who live, the Bible teaches us, but it is Christ who lives in us. And so we have the potential as New Testament saints to walk as Christ walked. Now Christ walked far greater, in far greater degree of, of anointing, of righteousness, of everything, in comparison to all of the Old Testament saints. And that is what our Lord is, is saying to us um, through this uh, passage of Scripture and the way that He's trying to do the comparative between the New Testament saint and the Old Testament saint. He's trying to teach us that we have uh, a great potential that uh, we can walk in, which the, the saints of the Old Testament just couldn't walk in that because they could not be born again. And so they were limited in what they could do because the, the inward man, and we're going to have a look at it now, the, their inward man had not changed. But the saint under the new covenant, our, our inward man changes. It is the, the spirit of the born-again believer that becomes a new creation in Christ Jesus. And so we have the potential to 
uh, walk in a greater degree of righteousness than the Old Testament saints did. We have the potential to walk in a greater degree of faith than the Old Testament saints did. We have a greater degree, uh, potential to walk in a greater degree of love. Everything that is available from, for the kingdom of God, there's more available to the New Testament saint than was available to the Old Testament saint. They, they were limited in what they could draw upon. And the, one of the main reasons for that was, is because their spirits could not be born again. New covenant, it changes. Under the new covenant, our spirits are born again. Our Lord Jesus introduced us to the, the, the concept of being born again for the first time in John's gospel, John chapter 3, verse 3 to 6. The scripture says, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. And so, prior to this passage of Scripture, our Lord mentioned in uh, the fact that we can be born again, no one had heard that term before. That, that particular term had never been mentioned in the earth before. Um, but now Jesus Christ introduced that term to the earth. And that is that we can and we should be born again. Now Nicodemus, being natural in his understanding, he couldn't understand the concept that the Lord was talking about because he goes straight into the natural and he says to the Lord, you know, is it possible that somebody can, at his, in old age, once again enter into his mother's womb and be born because now he's thinking naturally. Our Lord then uh, takes him from the natural into the spirit. For he, Our Lord says to him, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's a natural birth. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And so our Lord Jesus Christ, when he speaks about the, the born again uh, concept, he's talking about the spirit of the, of the human being born again. And so it's in our spirits that we are born again. And so man is made up primarily of two parts. And we picked that up in 2 Corinthians 4.16. We have the inward man and we have the outward man. The outward man is our physical bodies that we dwell in. And these our physical bodies, um, nothing changes when we come into the kingdom of God. These physical bodies will change one day. God will give us a resurrected body. But until that time, these bodies remain exactly in the same state that they were before we came into the kingdom of God. When we, when we are born again, when we, when we are saved, our bodies do not change. The outward man does not change. Um, in fact, the outward man perishes because these outward men, uh, these bodies that we live in, are not designed by God to uh, live for all eternity. They have an expiry date and they will expire at one time. Um, now the inward man, which dwells within these physical bodies that we dwell in, that inward man is made up of two primary parts. There's more, but there are two primary parts to our inward man. And in order to understand the concept, just look at your physical body. There's more than one part to the physical body. The whole, all the parts together make one body. Um, but nevertheless, there are different parts to the physical body. And so just as there are different parts to the outward man, so there are different parts to the inward man. And the inward man, as I say, is primarily made up of two main parts. And then we pick up in 
1 Thessalonians 5 verse 23, it speaks about the soul and the spirit. And the soul being the mind of man, and, the, and then there is the spirit of man. And so, with regards to our minds, just as our bodies do not change when we come into the game, the outward man stays exactly the same. So our minds don't change either. Because the inward man is made up of these two primary parts, the mind and the spirit. And the mind does not change when we come into the kingdom of God. Romans 12, 2 says to us that we need to renew our minds. And so we need to change the way we think when we come into the kingdom. So that doesn't change. But what does change is that our spirits are born again. It is the spirit of man that becomes the new creation in Christ Jesus. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says... Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And one, one translation says, we are a new species that never existed before. And so, it's in the spirit of man that we are born again. Now again, the Old Testament saint, that could not happen to them. Their spirits could not be born again. They were born again after Christ was raised from the dead. For in order for one to be saved, one must believe that Christ Jesus uh, has been raised from the dead and confess Him as Lord. Romans uh, 10, I think, teaches us that. And so the Old Testament saints could not meet that qualification because Christ had not yet been raised from the dead. They couldn't believe that. And Christ had not yet been declared Lord. And so they couldn't confess him as Lord. They didn't know him as Lord. And so they had to wait until Christ went into um, Abraham's bosom and preached the gospel to them. They were thus then born again. And so, but the same time of the new covenant, when we hear the gospel preached, we believe in our hearts and we confess with our mouth. When we do, we are born again. Our spirits are born again. Our spirits become brand new creations in Christ. Um, as I said, the Old Testament saying they, could, they couldn't do that. We can. And so Jesus is trying to teach us by saying to us, guys, comparing yourself to the Old Testament saints, there's no comparative because the, the least of you is greater than them. And so our Lord is just pointing us in the direction that um, under this new covenant, the Christian has a huge potential, far greater potential than any, than any Old Testament saint ever had access to and the Lord wants us to tap into that because go back to that opening passage where he said to what we like in the kingdom of God and then he likened it to a, a mustard seed which is sown into the soil he, which he said is the smallest seed that there is but when it has grown up it becomes a huge tree that is able to be a blessing to many and that is really the potential for every born again believer and that's where God wants us to to reach our full potential, all of us, to attain to that. Our Lord taught on the same principle again in this passage of Scripture uh, when He taught on the parable of the sower, sowing the Word. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 5 to 11, our Lord speaking, He says, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked it. But others fell on good ground, sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, What does this parable mean? Verse 11. 
Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. And so this parable is a parable about the salvation of mankind. And our Lord does identify four different categories of individuals from this parable. It talks about those who don't believe and are never brought into the kingdom. Those who come into the kingdom of God who never um, grow in the things of God. And so when persecution or tribulation arises, they fall away from following after Christ. Then there's the other category that allow the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things to enter in. And all of that chokes the word and they, those, yeah, Lord calls them thorns and they never produce fruit in the kingdom of God. And so they too uh, fall away by and large. Then our Lord spoke about the fourth category and he said that this category receives the word of God and brings forth fruit. And he speaks about 30 fold, 60 fold and 100 fold. But in all of that, in this parable, our Lord says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. And so we see that when we are born again as believers, when we come into this kingdom, the, the, the seed that we are born again of is the word of God. Uh, and that, that, that word comes into our spirits in seed form. We, no one is born again spiritually mature. We are all born again in seed form. And so again, you know, that's, how this, that's how God's creation works. Everything that God creates, he starts it out in seed form. Adam was not. That, Adam was different. Adam uh, created, God created Adam uh, fully mature. Um, Adam wasn't born into the earth as a baby and he had to grow up. Adam, God created him as a man. But after that, everyone, even the Son of God, Jesus Christ, when he came into the earth, came into the earth in seed form. Because Mary conceived in her womb, and there was a seed that was sown in her womb. And so he, the, the Son of God came into the earth in seed form and grew from there. And so our Lord is pointing all of it in the same direction. This whole parable is about a seed that is sown into the ground. And he, he says the seed is the Word of God. And so every born-again believer is born of the seed of the Word of God. That's the, again, I'll take it back to that opening passage. Our Lord likened it to a mustard seed. And a mustard seed is minuscule. It is very small. And so that is what our Lord is trying to get across to us. The concept is, is that when we're born again, the, the, although the potential is there to become this giant tree, it starts out in a very small form, in seed form. And that seed is the Word of God. The Apostle Peter speaks about the same thing. He says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, Having been born again, he's talking about the born again experience that Jesus spoke about. We must be born again. He says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. So Peter's saying the same thing that Jesus said. Peter's saying that we're born again of incorruptible seed. And he says that seed is the word of God. Jesus spoke about the exact same thing in the parable of the sower. He said the seed is the word of God. And so our spirits are born again of the word of God. And that word is sown into our spirits as a seed. It is not sown fully grown. It is sown as a seed. And that is how we need to... 
approach this um, Christian walk from a spiritual growth point of view. We need to recognize how we come into this kingdom. We come into this kingdom not spiritually mature. There has, there's a growth process that has to take place. And it's only in our spirits that we can grow. Um, our bodies don't change. These out, the outward man never changes. In fact, it begins to perish. So in fact, it does change. It goes from being young and virile to becoming old and decrepit, I suppose, um, until it eventually expires. Our minds, we have to renew. And so we do need to change our minds, but that is a process of renewal. There's no growth that takes place there. All of the growth in the kingdom of God takes place in the spirit of man, for it is in our spirits that we are born again. And that, that new birth starts out in seed form. Um, and that seed is the, the word of God. And so no one is born again spiritually mature. All of us um, are born again of, in seed form, and that seed has to grow, and that seed has to become um, mature in us. But within a seed, everything that um, pertains to what in that seed is already there, nothing gets added to it. So again, go look in the natural. You, you take an acorn, and inside that acorn is everything, the potential for that great big oak tree to, to grow. God doesn't add to it. God gives increase to it and changes it, but he never adds to it because everything that that oak tree is inside that seed. And that's what we need to understand. When we're born again of, this, of the Word of God, everything that we um, need to become is, is already there. That pot potential is there. And so it's incumbent on the, on the believer to unlock that potential by allowing the growth to take place. 1 John 3 9 says, Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. So the Apostle John says now the same thing that the Apostle Peter says, says the same thing that Jesus said, because he also talks about being born of the seed of God. He says, for his seed remains in him talking about being born of God. And so, again, the Apostle John is also likening the new birth to be born, being born of the seed of the Word of God. And so, it, all of it starts out in seed form. And so you can understand that when Christians are born again, there's a long way to go. Because, you know, you, 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 in, in the natural, if you're a farmer, you plant your seed, you don't, you don't reap a harvest the next day. You don't reap a harvest the next week. You know, on, on average, it takes about three months for a wheat harvest to come up. And so there's that, a time period. But there's nurturing that has to go uh, through this whole period. And so when we get born again, no Christian is born again spiritually mature. doesn't matter what the Lord called us to, none of us are born again spiritually mature. The Apostle John wasn't. The Apostle Peter wasn't. Jesus wasn't born spiritually mature into the earth. He also came into the earth as a babe. He had to grow. And so the, the concept we need to, again, you know, we, we're dealing with a spiritual concept here today. And, and this whole series is, is a spiritual series because we're talking about growing strong. Where? In spirit. And so 
natural man doesn't really kind of understand. Look, this kind of teaching will not be uh, understood in the world at all because this, the world is completely carnal in nature. They do not understand spiritual things at all. And so with regards to this teaching, it is we're looking at the spiritual aspect of mankind. And we're saying that for Christians, when they come into the kingdom of God, it's a new creation they, they've been made. But that new creation starts out in seed form and has to grow from there. And so we need to recognize the principle that growth must take place in the life of Christians. 1 Corinthians 15, 36-38, the Apostle Paul talking on a concept uh, that we can extrapolate out to spiritual growth. He says, foolish one, <clears throat> what you sow is not made alive unless it dies. And what you sow, you do not sow that body that shall be, but mere grain, perhaps wheat or some other grain. But God gives it a body as He pleases and to each seed its own body. So in, in, this, in context, when the Apostle Paul teaches in this passage of Scripture, he's teaching about the resurrected body that all of us will receive. Because you know, there were a lot of, not a lot, there were, there were some Christians that were you know, saying, you know, what's this born? That we're going to receive, we'll be raised from the dead. There were, there were some people that were doubting the resurrection of the dead. So Paul was explaining to them, because they said, you know, how's it possible? With what body are we going to be raised from the dead? Because, you know, the bodies get sown and into the ground and they just become dust again. And so the Apostle Paul is teaching the concept of a seed. And he's saying this is how a seed works. This is how God's designed it to work. He says, you sow the seed and the seed dies. Now, when it dies, God causes that seed to change and transform into a body that he has prescribed that seed to become. And so he says, uh, talking about our, our natural bodies, they're sown into the ground and God raises them up as a spiritual body. But in the same manner, you can take that concept and take it across into the spiritual growth that takes place in the Christian. Because why do we say that? Because in the book of Romans, the Bible teaches us, Romans 6.6, 6, that when we are born again, our old man dies. Now, the old man it refers to is the old spirit. That old spirit dies. And the new spirit comes. And so just as uh, the old natural body will die and God will give it a use that to create an, a new resurrected body, so with regards to our spirits, the old spirit dies and the new spirit comes. And it, within that new spirit is everything that God intends us to become. We have the potential. But again, go back into the natural, just in, in, in the natural environment now. When you sow a seed, if you don't nurture the seed, and you don't plant that seed in good soil and water that seed, that seed can be the highest quality seed possible. It will never grow to its full potential. It will always have stunted growth. It will just not get to the place where it, it, it's meant to become. And so, although we're born again of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God, we can stunt the growth of our, of the, uh, our spirits. And so, unless we recognize, okay, my spirit is born again, my spirit needs to grow, my spirit is born again of the Word of God, my spirit needs to grow, unless I consciously make an effort to nurture the seed that is sown within me, I'm going to experience stunted growth. 
some cases, no growth. Okay, remember the, the account of our Lord when he spoke about the parable. He spoke about those. Um, who, the seed was sown in the soil, but the thorns came, and there was no fruit that was produced. And so we need to recognize. And so the, the, it's the seed of the new man that is born again on the inside of us that has the potential to grow into the great tree that God wants it to be. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 and 7, the Apostle Paul also speaking around this concept. He says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. And so what the Apostle Paul is talking about when he says, I planted, what is he saying? He went into the church of Corinth and he started that church. How did he do that? He preached the gospel and he got them born again. And so he planted the seed of the word of God into each one of their hearts. And Apollos came along afterwards and watered that seed. And so, and he said that God is the one who gave the increase to the seed. And so again, he's just very clearly likening the born-again experience to the seed of God's word being planted in our hearts. And that seed having to grow. Now it's God who gives the increase, but we are the ones who water the seed. We're the ones who receive the seed in our hearts. We water that seed, and then God is the one who gives the increase. And so again, this whole concept we need to get our minds around about the born-again experience is that it is likened in Scripture to a seed that is sown into soil. A very small seed. Remember our Lord spoke about a mustard seed. But it has the potential to become a giant tree that can bless many. And so that's the potential for all Christians. Um, doesn't mean that every Christian that is in the kingdom of God is going to reach that stage, but every Christian in the kingdom of God has the potential to reach that stage. And so we need to recognize just how the kingdom of God actually does work. And so our spirits must grow. It is in the spirit of, of the born-again believer that we have the potential to grow. Nowhere else. It's in our spirits that we need to grow. And that's where... Uh, the church kind of by and large misses it because she doesn't focus on spiritual growth. You know, we, we focus on all sorts of things except nurturing that seed that has been sown in our hearts and allowing God to give increase to that seed so that each believer can reach the full potential that God has called them to reach. Our Lord Jesus Christ, I've mentioned that He did come into the earth in seed form. And the scripture says in Luke chapter 2, verse 40, And the child grew, speaking of Jesus, and became strong, where? In spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace, was God, a grace of God was upon him. And so our Lord Jesus Christ was born into the earth in seed form, both naturally and spiritually. You know, we, we recognize the natural side because we can't deny it. It's, it's there written, the account for us. Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb. That, that conception was a seed. And from that seed, God produced the, the grown man of Jesus, the body of Jesus. Started out in a seed form. And our Lord's body then went and grew to a full grown man. But it, in exactly the same manner, our Lord's spiritual in, inward man started out in seed form. That's why the scripture says... Jesus became strong where? In spirit. It doesn't say he became strong physically. It says he became strong in spirit. Why is that? Because it, 
he, his spirit had to grow just like his physical body had to grow. Just like he had to develop mentally, so our Lord Jesus Christ had to grow spiritually. And if our Lord Jesus Christ had to grow spiritually, well then so do we. We're not going to be any different. But the scripture says to us in Hebrews 2.17, Jesus was made in all points like as we are. And so just as we're born into the earth with flesh and blood, so our Lord was born into the earth with flesh and blood. But also, our Lord was born into the earth spiritually in seed form. Just as we, when we are born again, are born again in seed form. Now I know in, in the natural, the mind struggles to uh, understand the concept. But again, just go back into the... the the natural physical uh, body, that the physical body that you you're looking at right now, started out in a very minuscule little seed, and, it, and God gave the increase to this body and all of our bodies exactly the same. Well, in exactly the same manner, the spirit of the born again believer starts out in the seed form of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. And God gives increase to that seed. We have no idea what our spirits really look like. God does, obviously, because the inward man is the hidden man of the heart. We don't get to see him. Um, but nevertheless, um, we're meant to grow that spirit. And that spirit has the potential to become, as I say, even as Christ became. Because again, the Bible says, if we abide in him, we ought ourselves to walk even as he walked. And so Christ started out the, in the earth both physically weak and spiritually weak. A baby's a weak. You can't tell a baby, go pick up that rock over there. You know, they can't even do okay, Go over there to pick up the rock. And so that's exactly the same in, in, in the spirit realm as well. When we're born again, we're born again spiritually weak. Jesus was born again spiritually weak. He had to grow strong, specifically the Bible says, in spirit. And so do we. We're no different to our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have the potential to reach the fullness of the stature of Christ. Uh, Ephesians 4.13 tells us that's our potential. And so we should always, in everything, look at Christ. Look at Jesus. Jesus is our ultimate example. And our, we should always aspire to become like our older brother was. And is, obviously, but was when he walked the earth. Because the Bible says, He who abides in Christ ought himself to walk even as he walked at that time. So we don't have our Lord's resurrected body that He currently has. We have to look at how Jesus walked when, before He went to the cross. That's our potential in this life. When our Lord gives us our resurrected bodies, things change once again. We can now then walk as our Lord currently walks. But we can walk as our Lord currently walks now because we still dwell in these outward tents that are perishing. And so we must always look at the example given to us when Jesus walked the earth, because he was alive in spirit. He was the only one on the earth who was alive in spirit. Talking about a mature man now. Everybody else was spiritually dead. Um, and so every born again believer has exactly the same. Um, we're like for like when we compare it to Jesus, because we're also alive in spirit. Everybody else around on the earth today, all unbelievers are spiritually dead. But the born again believer is alive. And so we can look at how Jesus walked there because that's how we can walk now. And we need to have that concept right. 
Now let's have a look at another passage of scripture, just talking again around this concept of growing strong in our spirits and becoming stronger spiritually. It is a, um, it's again, it's not a concept that was ever taught under the old covenant. God never taught them to grow in, in strong in spirit. God never taught them uh, to be to give increase uh, from within their, their because they couldn't they couldn't grow strong in spirit. It is only when we get to the new covenant that God starts to speak about the subject, because the New Testament saints are different. Acts chapter nine, verse nineteen and twenty, or uh, nineteen to twenty-two. Sorry, Scripture says so. When we had he had received talking about the apostle Paul. When he had received food, he was strengthened. Now that's, that's physical, because at that time, Paul had eaten or drunk for three days. When he met the Lord, he went on a fast. And for three days, he didn't eat anything, he didn't drink anything. And then Ananias was sent to the Lord to come and lay hands on him, fill him with the Holy Spirit, and let him receive his sight. And he was baptized in water as well. Um, and so he then partook of food. That's when the scripture says, so when he had received food, he was strengthened. So that's all in the natural. Scripture says, Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Immediately he preached the Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Then all who heard were amazed and said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on, the name of, on this name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose, so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? Verse 22. But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. And so we think, okay, well, Paul's just getting stronger um, in his knowledge of the Word of God and, and young, getting stronger physically. But he, he's talking specifically about Paul increased in all the more in strength, talking about spiritually. For it is only in our spirits that we can grow strong. That's how Jesus grew. Jesus grew strong in spirit. And so the Apostle Paul, if you go look at the book of Galatians, he, he gives us insight. What happened is he gets born again, um, and then I then comes and lays hands on him. Immediately the, the Apostle Paul leaves Damascus. He goes into Arabia, and he spends roughly about three years there, where he receives um, revelation knowledge from the Lord of the gospel that he preached. He then came back into the city of Damascus, and he began to proclaim the gospel. And so... It is during that time that the Apostle Paul began to grow strong spiritually. Because the Apostle Paul was born again in spirit, in, as, a, as a, in seed form, spiritually immature. And so he had to grow strong in spirit. He goes into Arabia, he spent three years there, he gets revelation, he then only comes back into the city of Damascus. And so there's a, there's a gap. Um, between verse, 20, verse 19 and 20 of roughly three years. Um, Paul, the, the, Luke doesn't give it to us like that, but Paul does in, in the book of Galatians. And so the Apostle Paul grew strong in spirit. He increased all the more in strength in his spirit. His spirit began to grow. He knows that concept because he taught that concept um, to the church in Corinth. We saw that. He said, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. And so that's what happened to the Apostle Paul. He grew strong in his spirit. And so we have the potential to grow uh, strong in spirit, and so, do, uh, and so does every, every believer, obviously. And so no believer is born, even the Apostle Paul was not born again spiritually mature. Peter wasn't, John wasn't, none of them were. They were all born again spiritually immature, in C form, all of them had to grow, and so do we. We all of us have to grow 
spiritually. The Apostle Peter talks about it in this light. He says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And so nobody is born into the earth as a, as a mature adult. They're all born into the earth as babes, and they have to grow. And he, he, he's talking about our spiritual birth here in this passage. And he, call, and he likens our, our born-again experience to being born again as babes in Christ. And so we need to recognize that when we're born again, we've got a long way to go, spiritually wise. We have to allow our spirits to grow stronger because they have the ability and they have the potential to grow. But there's a, there's a process that has to take place. It's a growth process that has to take place. And it's, it's in our spirits that we grow. And so spiritual growth, actually, in, in the life of the believer, is far more important than physical and mental growth. And yet most of the, the, F, the world never looks at spiritual growth. The world does not understand that concept at all. They don't recognize the spirit. They call it the subconscious. Uh, because they recognize there's something in there, the psychiatrists who've gone through and studied you know, this kind of thing and have done experiments. They recognize there is something in there outside of just the, 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 the mind of man. And so they call it the subconscious. But they don't know anything about it. And so there's no ever teaching in the world of how to grow your spirit and develop your spirit because they can't. They, they, there's, there's no understanding of that concept. In, this, in the church... The church, you know, does look after her bodies and she does renew her mind, but she, she doesn't really focus on spiritual growth. But spiritual growth is so important to the, to the believer because it's only in our spirits that we have this potential to become like Christ. And we, that's where we need to focus our attention, is in growing strong in our spirits. Look at what the Apostle Paul has to say again on this subject in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 7. He says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. Again, as Peter said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. And so, all Christians, when we're born again, we're born again as babes in Christ. You know, that you can be, I don't know, 50, 60 years old, you're still born again as a baby. And you can be a, a, a professor at university. You're still born again as a baby. And so it's in, it's in our spirits. That's where the, the growth has to take place. Because you can. You can get people that are you know, born again as babes in Christ and remain as babes in Christ for most, if not all, of the Christian walk. We'll get through that. Um, so he says, as to babes in Christ. He's talking, he, this is the church in Corinth that he's planted. He planted this church at least five, six years before he wrote this letter to them. And he says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, for even now you are still not able, for you are still carnal. For where there is envy, strife, and division among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? For when one says, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, or who is Apollos? But ministers, through whom you believe, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then, neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. And so, the Apostle Paul um, does a contrast between the two. 
and he contrasts um, mature believers with baby believers and he calls mature believers spiritual and he calls baby believers carnal. Now the world is carnal because they have no concept of the spirit. And so baby believers when they come into the kingdom of God are also carnal in their thinking and in their nature. And so he says you guys are walking like mere men. And we're not meant to walk there. We're meant to walk like spiritual men. Spiritual men are what? Those, are those who have matured spiritually, have grown strong in spirit. And so it is incumbent upon us that we need to move when we come into this kingdom from being baby believers in spirit to becoming mature believers, spiritual believers, strong in our spirits. It's in our spirits that we need to grow. But notice who gives the increase. It is God. God gives the increase. And that, that's in every area of life. It is God who gives the increase. No one can, um, we, we can nurture a seed, we can water the seed, but unless God gives the increase, that seed's just not going to germinate, it's not going to produce. But if we do what, uh, what we are called to do, then God does the miracle. Because it's, it, the growth that takes place is from God. It's not from ourselves, it is from God. And so spiritual growth is very important for the New Testament believer. It's something that the Old Testament saint did not have access to. It is something that the New Testament saint did have, does have access to. Again, go back to our opening passage. Our Lord said that, you know, what are we going to liken this kingdom to? I'll tell you what we'll liken it to. We're going to liken it to the seed of a mustard seed that is sown into the soil. When it's sown, it's the smallest of all seeds. But when it grows up, and becomes a, a great tree, it shoots out branches and the birds of the air are able to nest in it and then a beast of the field can come and dwell under the shade of it. And so that is what Jesus wants his saints to, to become. From that small little mustard seed, he wants them to become the great tree so that we can be a blessing to others around us. And that's the potential that we have. As I say, Old Testament saints did not have that potential. We do, and we need to be focused on spiritual growth. We're going to go through principles in this series on how to grow strong spiritually because it's such an important aspect. Um, in the next teaching, we want to look at the stages of spiritual growth. But in today's teaching, I just wanted to lay the groundwork, uh, the foundation, so to speak, um, plant the seed, really, of the concept about the fact that when we're born again, it's our spirits that are born again, they're born again of a incorruptible seed of the Word of God. And so it's very weak and it has no potential to do anything and be a blessing to anyone. It needs to grow and so we need to nurture that seed and allow God to give increase. Because once that happens, well then we can become that giant oak tree that our Lord wants each one of these things to be. And we're going to end the teaching in that way.